You're listening to episode number 33 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. I want to start this episode off by reading one of the sweetest reviews by Ames Kelly. This review says, so good. Evie and Lindsay talk about the things no other photographer or business owner talks about. I have learned more from this podcast than I have from the bajillion Facebook groups that I'm in. I'm loving absolutely every second of each episode, from the upbeat intro song to the HoneyBook advertisement. I recite the part where she says the ka-ching noise is my AKA favorite part. That's amazing. That was me. That was not her. Uh, Anyways, I listen to these podcasts on my way home from work, and I get so dang excited to work on my business while listening. I can't even begin to tell you how many ideas and goals I've come up with since beginning to listen just a week ago. They invite incredible guests onto the show, share a wealth of wisdom and knowledge, and strongly show that they value community over competition. By far the best podcast I've ever listened to, and I'm already planning on listening a second time because it's just that good. Love you guys, and thank you so much for putting together a kick-butt podcast. Wow. Ames, thank you so much. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. That was really sweet. And guys, if you love this show and want to see us continue with even more episodes and even better guests, then please take a few minutes to leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe and our show will be downloaded to your phone every time there's a new episode, which is really nice. Um, We love you guys so much and the support you've given us and reviews like this just mean the absolute world. They mean everything to us. I'm not kidding. The love is so real. So on to the show. Speaking of even better guests, today's guest is Amazing. She is the master of copywriting, CEO of Word Science and Brand Messaging. I just made that up right now, but she is. (laughs) Ashlyn Carter. Ashlyn is a conversion copywriter, international speaker, and marketing strategist specializing in wedding and creative industries. She's the founder and CEO of Ashlyn Writes, a copywriting business and marketing curriculum source for creatives. 90 one-on-one clients, over 5,000 plus students, and seven figures in revenue later, she's pinpointed exactly what it is to help lock in half a million dollar launches for digital marketing campaigns. She traded Fortune 500 clients in corporate marketing for her own mega successful business, helping women write words that sell so they can work from a place of rest and not hustle. Guys, I cannot even tell you how excited I am for you to listen to Ashlyn's story and just learn from her brilliance. She is a new dear friend to us, and she speaks from such a place of warmth and encouragement that I really, really think you're going to love this episode. In today's interview, we chatted all things copywriting with Ashlyn, what copywriting really means, the biggest mistakes she sees business owners making on their websites and sales copy, tips and tricks for writing attention-grabbing headlines and blog titles, and the art of prioritizing copy and design when creating a web page. And honestly, there's like so much more that she talks about, but it's it's just jam-packed. And I cannot wait to listen to this episode myself when it drops because hearing her cute Southern accent and fire wisdom once, well, that just simply wasn't enough. <laughs> so prepare to have your earbuds, earbuds? No, prepare to have your earbuds blessed. Ashlyn Carter, everyone, let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Ashlyn, welcome to the show, girl. We are so excited to have you. Hi, Evie and Lindsay. I am 
pumped to get going. This is going to be a good one. I can already feel it. I know. Same. I'm like really prepared for this. (laughs) Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know you, just starting off, why don't you just talk about your story? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Everything from where you were in the corporate background and now your own business and all of it. Just dive deep, girl. (laughs) Okay. So um, my name is Ashlyn. My business is Ashlyn Wright. It's got real creative with that one. And um, (laughs) I work and live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have a team and we provide copywriting services and curriculum to creative women. Um, I just strongly believe that not figuring out what to say in your copy should not be the thing that's holding you back from making sales and walking into your call and working from a place of, um, as I say, more rest, not hustle. Not that, as we know, small business life is like all about the hustle, but it shouldn't be that 24-7-365, in my opinion. And yeah, I just think like strong, persuasive copy can move the needle on that and um, be a salesman when you can't and when you need to sleep and when you need to rest. So that is um, what we're about in my business. And I've been in business. Oh my gosh, guys, this is a day. It's actually my four-year anniversary today. I realized that. What? (laughs) Like two That's hours amazing. ago, I was like, hold the phone. It's birthday day. And I oh should like, gosh. maybe I'll like, I have a little mini champagne bottle in the fridge. Maybe I'll like open that. And yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've um, been in business four years. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Evie, my background is in marketing communications. I worked in um, a PR agency in Atlanta. It was like Disney World to me. I loved it. And um, then went on from there to work in corporate marketing in Atlanta. Um, that's kind of nuanced, but there's a difference in agency and corporate. Uh, but anyway, loved, loved that life. Um, was just a little too addicted to it, um, to the glamour of it, the speed of it. Um, the I just, I loved always being on with reporters and planning events and um, working with the customers. But at the same time, I, I knew it probably wasn't um, a good obsession to be that in love with work and um, have those workaholic tendencies I had. And as a side gig, I did wedding calligraphy for brides. So to relieve stress, not sure jury's out on exactly like the stress it relieved. I think it created more, but <laughs> I loved like making something with my hands at the end of the day. And um, throughout all this, my husband uh, proposed kind of in the middle of like work being stressful and my calligraphy business ramping up. And it was just like, I don't know, I just couldn't manage everything well. And I started trying to weigh and measure one thing that I could um do. And that was what I ate. That was the number of calories I ate and then how much I exerted through exercise. And it just became like math and numbers that I could easily do. Um, it was just about control. And you can see where this is going. I ended up um, developing an eating disorder and um, long story, but I went into partial hospitalization later that year for anorexia, depression, and um, anxiety. And wow. it was through all of that, that I just like, my eyes were open to the fact that there's this world of women that like make, I I, remember, I could not get over the fact that these women made their income and they're living doing what they loved. Like I went to dinner with one friend and I was like, you actually make a salary based off writing. Like I was flabbergasted that that was possible, but these seeds were planted and um, the Lord truly redeemed from the pit because that was a really dark time. But it was after I got out of recovery um, that I was just like, I think I can do this. And I came home complaining one too many days about work. And my husband was like, that's it. You're putting in your two weeks notice. And um, so I did. And I knew I was going to figure out how I was going to write like something and I was going to do calligraphy, but I wasn't quite sure the puzzle pieces. And um, just over time, I started to realize that there was a lot of creative small businesses that weren't comfortable with the selling aspect. And I, it was kind of about like, oh, wait, that's hard for people. You know, that's all I'd ever done in marketing. <laughs> so um, that's what I started offering. And then maybe about, I think it was a year 
a year and a half ago, I took my last calligraphy client on and we are full-blown copywriting now. So that is the, I think that was like three minutes of the monologue. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> what happened? That was not perfect. Yeah. That's wow. so good. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing just even like not the beautiful parts of your story that I, I know that can resonate with a lot of people um, that maybe are have been in your shoes or are in your shoes. And so yeah. I thank you, first of all, just for for being vulnerable and sharing like an open book. We are we're honored oh, yeah. uh, just to hear thank your story you. in that way. Absolutely. I just I felt really alone in all that because like I had a great upbringing and like great parents and like great life. And so when all that was happening, I just felt so I was like, something is really wrong with me. Like mental health issues didn't happen in my mind to girls like me. Like they were for, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. And so I just felt really um, alone. And I realized that those, those problems, like don't, they, there's, I don't know. There's nobody that is can escape that kind of thing when it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a chemical imbalance. And um, I don't know. It just, it changed a lot of opinions and maybe preconceived notions that I did about mental health. So um, it, that's why I talk about it, because I just want other women that are maybe in a position that I was to know that um, they're not alone and there's absolutely hope. I absolutely wow. love that. And I think it's such an inspiration to see just how far you've come and even the struggles and the the pits in the midst of yeah. all of that. And just to hear you talking today with so much like joy and passion for what you do and having overcome those and not just succumbed. Um, You, I can already tell, are just such a fighter. And Mm -hmm. I teared up even hearing your story, Mm -hmm. just hearing like the redemption through that and your vulnerability and the authority that you have now, like speaking on that. And I'm so excited for the rest of this show now. (laughs) Thanks. Your words are so sweet. God's good. I -hmm. I was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I as you were talking and you said your business is Ashlyn Writes, I think it's also even more ironic that you started with calligraphy because that, that yes, applies to that title. Well. Like, in a, so my husband's name is Wes. So our wedding monogram was A-W. And I was like, well, I have this logo. I don't have to pay for again. Like <laughs> I just like started. I mean, I, I bootstrapped it. I just... So that's where the name came from and it's just stuck. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, so now you do copywriting full time. Yeah. You have a very successful business. You are crushing it. So we okay. want to dive in a little bit more into that topic of copywriting for our listeners today. So yeah. if we just start at the basics, can you talk to us exactly what copywriting is and why it's so important? Like, Copywriting for dummies. Let's go. Absolutely. I love it. And I love, I mean, like I've had plenty of people come up and be like, okay, so you're talking about like contracts, like especially at meetups. And I'm like, no, 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 not that copywriting. So it's, I think it's a word that is more in the creative industry, uh, more common now and known. I remember when I was starting my business, I would like chime in the Rising Tide Society Facebook group and be like, hey guys, like who needs help with their copywriting? You know, like all, like just trying to learn what people needed and no one knew what I was talking about. So it is a super (laughs) common um, thing. The way I describe it is it's the art and the science of words that coach a conversion in your business. So um, these are, this is different from content marketing copy, like the words that you're using in your social media, but it can bleed into that. But I'm specifically talking about the words that are helping a conversion or an action take place. People 
getting on that booking call with you or ordering your products and your services, um, clicking on that landing page and downloading whatever freebie and getting on your email list, like actually taking action, getting into your sales funnels and moving closer along through that customer journey. Um, that is copywriting. And it's um, a lot of the times it's the lorem ipsum placeholder text on your website that you need to replace um, or on your sales page. Um, it's a lot of your email marketing campaigns. So that is what copywriting is um, kind of in a nutshell. That's amazing. I, I love that you kind of clarified that because when I was telling my husband, oh, we're interviewing a copywriter, he was like, so like contracts, literally yeah. exactly what you just said. Yeah. I'm and so sure, like my dad doesn't really, I think now he knows what I do, but like the first thing <laughs> he was like, what is this exactly? That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a, a more common word now, but even still, I think a lot of people don't fully understand exactly yeah. what it's talking about and l- exactly what you said. It it's very different even within content that you're writing. It's yeah. it's not just your social media posts. It's not even, you know, necessarily your blog posts. It's yeah. specific action-inducing copy that yes. is very intentionally and strategically written. Absolutely. And it's so important that you be able to do this as the CEO. Like I think a lot of people, and it's to an extent, it's not a lie, but that whole, um, like if you're not good at it, outsource it thing that we hear all the time, right? When we're starting our business mm-hmm. is true to an extent, but there's a, an a level of copywriting where you can't like by outsourcing copy, you can't outsource salesmanship. Like you need to understand how to sell or at least Mm -hmm. the psychology behind selling of your, your products, your services. And again, I think, I feel like more people that are listening to this are probably service providers because so many of us in the creative industry are. And like, you need to understand that process and the psychology behind it and not just look to get it off your plate because you're a quote unquote, not a good writer. I have seen hundreds and hundreds of quote unquote, not good writers like go through and come out on the other end, able to clearly explain what they do. So I don't want that to hold anybody back who's listening right now and thinking like, oh my gosh, I suck at writing. Like I hate grammar. I like all the feels from high school are coming back right now. Um, that is, there is so many other, there's so many nuances to copywriting um, and explaining things simply and clearly that you could absolutely learn to be good enough to be dangerous at. And um, I think you should maybe look at a copywriter to take, bring in the big guns. You know, like once you've got something that you know that's working or you need a specialist to come in, but there's a lot of this that you can absolutely do yourself. Yes. I love that. Well, and that's why we had you on today's episode so yes. that we can share your wisdom with our listeners if they are in that space where they don't want to hire a full-on copywriter or they just need help with cop- writing copy yeah. and just writing in general. Because I think yeah. a lot of our listeners are in that stage of sure. believing the lie that, oh, I'm not a good writer. And maybe yeah. you're not a good writer, but like, we're here to help you. <laughs> yes. You, that's one business thing that's like not going anywhere, right? Like you will always have to write, whether it's just emails mm-hmm. in your inbox or captions. We have to post all the time now. So yeah, you got to write. You might as well learn to do it well. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Ashlyn, I know that you feel so strongly <laughs> that copy should be laser focused messaging that yes. converts your browsers to buyers. Yes. So what are some common mistakes you see people making on their websites, their product launches, their bios, whatever that looks like? What are some of the top mistakes that you see people making? I love it. Okay. So I'm going to take you behind the scenes here. This is something that has like gotten on, like we, we use Slack and Voxer. I'm kind of new to Voxer in my business. Do y'all use Voxer? We don't use it, but I know what right. it is. I've used it before. Okay. I know. I think the last time I used it was like on a mission trip in like 10th grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For college, I guess. Boxer probably wasn't around in 10th grade. Um, we're that old. But 
all that to say, I feel like this has been something that my team and I've talked about a lot as we have been servicing our clients and working on different ad campaigns for people over and over. I want to just tell people like, Take a stand. Say who your product or your service is for. Use those words. Like I, for example, I was working on a landing page. I think it was Friday. And it was the traffic that we would be driving there. Like nothing on that page specifically said, hey, photographers or attention photographers. Like go ahead and make that kind of messaging. Or here's an example. I was looking at some old sales letters. I love to, I think this goes for anybody in like when we're obsessed with our craft, like I think it's just so fun to go back and look at the old masters and whatever it is that you do. So I was studying some old direct response sales letters from like, I think it was probably like the 80s, the ones that I was looking <laughs> yeah. at. And one was like, attention all golfers who want to knock 10 strokes off their golf game. Like that is specific. And so that's mm-hmm. something that I see a lot of people on their websites, their product launches, their landing pages, their even their bios, like go ahead and very like put a stake in the ground and say who you're for and who you're not for. Um, that it, it always sounds counterintuitive. I am a case study and not want, I did not want to do this when I was starting my business. I remember um, I, I heard a guy talking about it on a podcast, like niching and being specific in your copy. And I was like a pats on head moment, like, oh, bless his heart. Like I, I would be all the money <laughs> doing this my way, you know, but like, no, the more, the more specific. And if you have different audiences and you can segment your traffic or send, you know, like, especially in an ad campaign, that's easy, but on your email list, like segmenting out your email list, that's not, I remember when I first started hearing about that and working on it for clients, I thought that was like for the big girls, you know, like not for a little business like me, but you can absolutely with a 500 person email list, try to segment people based off where they were and and talk to them exactly where they are. So that's one thing that like, I see, I don't know, I just see people. And I think it comes from a place of like fear or not being confident. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I get that totally. Um, I don't know. That's one mistake that I see a lot. I think that goes without saying though, having somebody check your blind spots is important, whether it's a mastermind or, um, and that's why in my copywriting for creatives program, we have a group. Cause I'm like, Oh uh, yeah, I don't like putting any hitting published on anything without somebody else looking at it. Um, and I can understand that me telling you to like really take a stand and put a stake in the ground. Um, I, br- I bristled, like I said, I bristled at first to that too. So as long as you can get somebody to kind of like double check your work. And if you, if you know, the audience is there and that's really who you want to serve. Um, that's something that I would definitely encourage people to consider the next time you have a landing page or an email newsletter, or even a page of your website to write. I oh my love gosh. that. <laughs> like we, we talk about niching and being specific all the time, but I think okay, yes. what you said is so important. Thinking about it from the consumer's mindset, like even us, if I were just browsing the internet and I saw something that said, hey, creative business owner, like I might stop because that, that does apply to me. But if I saw yeah. something that said, hey, photographer, like yeah. my, my ears immediately would be like, oh, wait, that's me. So like I would yes. zone in immediately because it's more specific and it makes yes. you just perk up a little bit more. So even just like being so laser specific on that, I think is so, so amazing. So I'm so glad you touched on that. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. That headline, I mean, there's all those, those anecdotes. I think it was like Ogilvy that said that eight out of 10 people will read your headline. Two out of 10 people will keep reading like that headline. Like I spend 50% of my time writing my headline, um, on any project. It's just, it, it is so important. And so yeah, nailing that and really putting a stake in the ground, like don't be apologetic about it. Go for it. Um, that is where the results come from because people are looking at that headline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips on how, like what 
our buzzy headlines. This oh, isn't yeah. my question, but I'm just curious. Yes, I love it. Don't start with a blank page. Like there is absolutely no reason to just like put your fingers on the keyboard and stare at the cursor and type. There are so like I have we have in my shop a headline swipe off. I think I have a blog out there about it. Like I I look at I do this for a living and I'm constantly, like I said, looking at old direct response letters, looking at their headline. Like that is the use of a swipe file. Like again, like with any craft, I think it was I was, I'm sorry, I'm doing that thing where I bounce all over the place, but I do it, girl. This is good. (laughs) Okay. So I'm pretty sure it was Van Gogh would go into museums and he would copy the old masters, right? Like he would sit there and paint. He wouldn't obviously sell those or anything, but he would just like practice the brush strokes and practice the craft. So like, it's the same way with headlines. There's headlines out there that are working and have been working for decades now that there's obviously something to it. If it ain't broke, you know, like, let's go ahead and look and see what's working, but not, don't just lift it. Like, like I said, Bingo didn't sell those, but how can you apply that and tweak it for your audience? Um, so that's like, that's my tip about headlines. Go look for, um, I mean, a simple Google search could help you out with some headline templates or swipe files out there. Um, look at what worked on you, especially if it was outside of your market. So like we talked about photographers. So like what is an ad or a headline or some a website that has worked on you lately? And then how could you pull that into what you do um, in selling your photography services or Lightroom presets or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. That is, so I love like the mattress industry. I love looking at what they're doing. Um, <laughs> Casper, there's, yeah, and all these like crazy, like they're in a box and they come to your house. Like there's just some really cool marketing out there with mattresses. So like I've looked at those, like what are they doing on their headlines, on their website? What is their email marketing look like? Um, those can be some great ideas. And you can see again, like what headlines are working on you and how can you play with those, tweak, repeat, and use it in your own business. Oh my mm. gosh. I, Ashlyn, am so obsessed with you already. Oh, this is. So, I am a nerd. I, I love nerd. it. It's like, after talking like this, I'm like, wow. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm the same way. I nerd out over this stuff. And what's funny is while you were even talking, I was kind of chuckling to myself because I didn't think of this super. I mean, I just didn't think of this in the sense of like, copy. I just, I don't know. I have a folder on my phone, um, an album titled Brilliant Marketing. And Mm -hmm. I screenshot and or screen record if it's like a video or something, any sort of ad, uh, like campaign, anything that sticks out to me and and just, I want to buy that product. I screenshot it or screen record it. And I put it into that folder to then go back and study. So (laughs) that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I didn't even think of that though, as like, oh, I'm like paying attention to copy and like conversion. I just, in my head was like, okay, next time I have a product launch or any sort of, you know, can't like anything coming up, I always go back and review that folder. And it was just a knee jerk reaction for me as I started seeing more and more ads or campaigns or things, emails that I was like, I love this. I would screenshot it and I eventually built a folder for it. But I love that. I love even as you were saying the mattresses, just paying attention to other marketing and copy outside of your industry and your niche specifically and seeing how you can tweak that because that just expands your understanding and your, your brain beyond your little bubble. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what kind of business I would have if I only ever, I feel like I get the majority of my great ideas way outside of the creative bubble. Not that I I love the creative bubble and I'm in it all day, every day, but I just, I don't know. I get my best ideas when I'm not in there. 
Mm-hmm. My mind immediately went to like when I'm scrolling Facebook and I click on a BuzzFeed article that has like absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing. I mean, obviously BuzzFeed mm-hmm. is never having to do with what I should be doing, but it, they always get me to click over and it's always something like, oh, 25 things that the plot line of Friends did wrong or something like something yeah. silly like that. But it's like even BuzzFeed <laughs> articles that are clickbaity can yeah. teach you so much about what triggers our brains to want to click things. Absolutely. Lindsay, that's a perfect example. Um, And I like like you even referencing that example. Mistakes is so good to call into play, Um, like that word in your headlines, Um, especially if you can include the caveat, even if, and include Mm. like, like that always helps people to kind of sort exactly what you said, like just seeing um, how it's for them, even if they think that they're not quite a fit. Um, Coming up against those objections in that headline is killer. Oh, that's good. Well, and like playing off the idea that like, oh, here's a secret that you don't know, but you want to. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So my next question for you is, do you have any tips on where to start for somebody that is maybe building their website right now or thinking about the messaging or the copy or just even branding in, in, in general, how you pair visuals with messaging on any of your platforms to tell a story? Yes, talk absolutely. About that? Yeah. And I I had to learn this like the hard way. Obviously I'm coming at it real strong from the words, but I remember when I had my first, like, holy cow, I saved and saved and saved to work with this art director. And like, I went to her and I had the consult call. She was my dream to work with. And she um, sent me the proposal and I was like, gulp. And then I like went back to her and I was like, okay, I really want to work with you, but I'm going to need some time to make the rest of this money. And so um, finally though, when I got to work with her, one of the biggest things she was like, Ashlyn, your images are not connecting with some of the copy on your website. And like, that was a tough pill to swallow, but I learned so much through that. So um, it is so important that they connect. A lot of your imagery can continue to pull the weight that your copy isn't. Um, But here's the thing, copy dictates your design and not the other way around, never the other way around. And so I do think, especially those of us in the creative field, um, we're visually strong. And yes, we're visually strong, but most of us um, just as human nature, like visuals are going to communicate more quicker. That's why like, stop signs and yield signs work. And they don't just have like signs with writing on them out there. So we, we need visual cues. We like visual cues as creative, um, creative people, but we do need that copy to dictate the design and the message. So to pull that on home, my, my biggest tip for people, um, is it twofold? The first thing, figuring out and excavating your brand message is where this has to, has to start. There's again, no reason you should be grabbing that show it template from your favorite template shop, popping it in and then backspacing the lorem ipsum and trying to type whatever is on your heart. You should come first from a place of understanding your message, understanding your, it's called a unique value proposition. I call it with my students, your onlyness factor. Like you've got to be able to tell me why I should hire you above anybody else, even if they charge less than you. If you can't tell me that, we need to park and camp and figure that out. And yes, it's figure outable. I think Marie Forleo says that. So <laughs> figuring out all of that, like stripping your messaging down to the, the studs of like fixer upper style, strip it down to the studs, have a demo day, figure out that kind of stuff. And then you can go from there to figure out the website pages and the copy that goes there. Again, don't start with a blank page, use templates, use guides. There's things out there to help you with those. Um, But let that copy dictate the design. So then the the third step would then be installing it inside the design and finessing the copy. That's when you can say, you know what, this was the character count on this headline is too long. Let's pull it out. Let's try another version of this. Or like these paragraphs look well together. We need one sentence to stand alone on this canvas. 
to really call attention to XYZ, but it comes from a place of the message directing the entire brand process instead of the visuals directing the entire process. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Ashlyn, this is so important. I love that you're bringing attention to pairing all of it together. I think so often people, like you said, just start with a blank cursor and then they start yeah. writing from their heart because they're like, oh, I need, I oh, crap, I need to talk about uh, me on my about me page. Okay, yeah. okay, I am this, I'm the, like, and they just start typing. But yeah. I think it's so important that you're talking about fitting, like, first of all, starting with copy and starting with your why and your brand. That's so, like, we teach that yeah. all the time. And so yeah. and that's amazing that you said that. But even so, thinking about the design in a way of like, okay, this is my original copy. It's fitting on the page now, but now it looks wonky. And like, you're, you're thinking more of a holistic way and, and how to pair those two together, but then always prioritizing the copy and then fitting it into the design and then tweaking it if it, if it needs to, like if it looks wonky. Cause I think you could have like a whole entire paragraph of bomb copy and then you put it on a page and it looks overwhelming and no one will read it. Like it doesn't matter how amazing the copy is, but yeah. That's a mic drop moment, Lindsay. (laughs) People put those paragraphs out there. I totally cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, no, go. This is your interview, girl. You go. (laughs) That is what I'm trying to tell people. Like I know... I know those like center or what is it like justified columns look beautiful. I know they do. 
people are not reading that one on the right. Like they are reading the, the one on the left just a little bit. So like there's elements of your copy that are going to look a certain way on the design. And that's okay as long as you understand the user experience that the reader may not read that, you know, if so, if you want them, if there's a certain sentence in there that they need to go through this customer journey and really make these mindset shifts that are going to lead them closer to booking with you and working with you again, as a photographer, to use that example, then we need to put those in a place where the user can actually understand. I think like a lot of people, when they look at like pages of websites now are longer and that's okay. Like we're trained like good old Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, when they dropped that, like newsfeed, whatever, and we just scroll forever, like they've trained us to be scrollers and that's okay. But then let your sub headlines and your headlines help people understand, stop, read this. If it's for you, if it's not keep scrolling um, mm -hmm. through, I, Lindsay, you just, you nailed it by saying like, they're not, they're not going to read everything. So let's make it at least usable for them to understand what maybe they should read if it's a fit for them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for like launch and, and writing copy for our next launch. And like, we don't even have a launch coming up like this month, but I'm like, let's launch something this month. I'm ready. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Good. That's, that's how I want people to feel. It's I, so doable. I love it. Okay. So Ashlyn, I want to talk to you about something that you've talked about in the past. You call it the AW system. Um, and I think there's a longer name for that, but I don't fully understand the whole thing. So can yeah. you walk us through what that system is and how our listeners could potentially implement that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this is going to be me taking a little stab because I haven't talked about some of this like in a nutshell before. So I'm really excited. So essentially what happened was I was in, so like I said, I worked in corporate marketing and I'm watching us go through brand messaging excavations and figure out what these clients were about. So we could then pull that into conversion copy for different campaigns we were working on from them. But so I understood that process very clearly. But now that I was like, queen of my own castle and had my own business, I was having a little bit of a hard time with all the messaging pieces. Like there were so many, I'm really like, for the first time, I'm really close to my business. When it was clients, it was clients, right? But when it's me, I'm like, this is like coming from my heart. This is coming mm -hmm. from my head. Like I'm living it and breathing it. So I started, the only thing I could think of, and I just started banking my words and my phrases, phrases I wanted to use, um, Ashlandism, things I was saying all the time, words that sounded like me, ideas that I wanted to communicate, my mission statement my core values, I just started like this digital file of all these words. So that's really where I began figuring out and piecing together my own message from. And so that's what I tell students to do. And if you're listening, you can absolutely do this. Just whatever I tell people like Asana, Trello, Evernote, pick your poison, whatever works, Google Drive, and start creating a bank and a resource file. Maybe you have like your artist statement or your mission statement in there, your core values, that unique value proposition. Again, I called it an onlyness factor a minute ago, having that somewhere, having um, words that you use commonly, words you never use, that's important too. Having this all in one place is so helpful for you. Like I look at mine a good bit to stay on track with what I'm doing, but the more we bring on people in my business, business, especially like, I mean, when I was, again, I thought outsourcing was for the big girls too. Like that was so far beyond me. So I, but I actually ended up bringing somebody on earlier in my business to help me with clients and being able to give them a document like this and being like, Hey, this is like what I sound like on paper. You can use this. And like, you're going to sound closer to me and my heart and why mm -hmm. I'm doing this whole thing. Like we have all of these mood boards and hex code color palettes and all this kind of stuff that a lot of us don't have these for our words. So figuring out that and then use letting that be the driver for all your communication that you're getting out, and especially as you grow a team is so very important. Wow. 
I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm shook because like oh. I'm thinking as I grow my team or as like even the heart, as we've grown our team, we've hired people and I think we've just innately been like, okay, this is how we sound. This is what we tell. Like this is yeah. common phrases that we say, but we never have a document putting all those things together. That's, I'm just mind blown, Ashley. It, like, I, so, well, I'm glad it like, and again, like I said, like it came from an organic place. Like it wasn't, I mean, businesses have like, I helped out with Delta Airlines. Like we had a Delta Airlines brand messaging guide, but a lot of this, like there wasn't anything that I saw for the creative industry. So I think it just, we're more nimble or smaller, you know, like there's other things that you need in there. Like if you can have links to three bits of writing that you loved, you wrote them, you were like, this is me. Put those links in there to help people move along. Um, you can include, you know, how you style things in your business as far as like actual style. Like, um, do you say like the Heart University of the capital T? Is there a trademark sign at the end? Like little things like that along the way um, are so helpful as well to package in there. Like there's no rules to it, but just including a ground zero for everything, all the words, all the messaging branding to be in one place is unbelievably helpful. Wow. Oh, that's so smart. I'm literally, as you were talking, I was sitting there and I was thinking of my assistant who writes like a good chunk of my emails that aren't like client emails or different things. She kind of helps me with a ton of my writing. And I was thinking through like this word bank and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should make this for Rachel. This is freaking brilliant. I'm glad. Yeah. And I think like, I've only found it to be, I don't know, like I, my team, again, I'm so small. So even saying team, like I, we're small, but at the same time, it helps give them something. I think they feel more freer, like Mm -hmm. having, you know, when you start a new task and you're like, I wish they would just give me some bounds in which to move. And so sometimes it can help people feel a little bit more comfortable um, being creative with your voice when they're given a little bit of parameter. I love that. Well, that's like a, that's, I feel like a a moral, not even moral. That's just like a life principle of we actually have more freedom when we have boundaries. Oh, yes. Preach. Just getting a little (laughs) biblical there. but. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, like that's, that's so true. That's how I think like teamwork works best like that. And um, yeah, I, and I, I want to harp on it because I do have a lot of students that are like, well, I'm not outsourcing anytime soon. I don't care. This is still going to help you out. Like mm-hmm. having a place to go back to when you are staring at that blinking cursor, you need just some some fresh fodder, some words to say that aren't so overused because you've used them a hundred times because you can't come up with another phrase besides mm-hmm. swoon worthy. Like go back <laughs> and reference this kind of stuff. Yeah. Ashlyn, I will say I write uh, the majority of the copy for all of the Heart University launches, email lists, everything. And there have been so many times as I've written, you know, batch copywriting days as a launch is approaching or something. And I've literally been writing for six hours and my brain is just sitting there stuck on this one word. And it's, you know, badass or, or go yeah. kick some butt or something that's, that's phrases that we use. But I sit there and I'm like, I, we, I need something fresh. I need something yeah. new. I've already used this. What do I do? That's so smart to have that even just for myself to go back and look at and see, oh, Lindsay might say this differently. Cause I say, go kick some butt, but Lindsay would say, you know, whatever this different oh, phrase oh, i have a perfect example for our first launch <laughs> since you were writing all of like the facebook <laughs> ad copy but but you were writing it for me and you sometimes you would be the perspective of of just you but sometimes me even though you were writing it and i remember you wrote an ad and then it went out and it was like what up bra but it was like i think our our, <laughs> our 
that's more you with your surfer girl vibe. And yeah. I just remember, I like, I saw it organically on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, I would never say bra. <laughs> it was yeah. like, what's up, bro? And it was, but our Facebook ad had, uh, like manager had switched it instead of saying B-R-U-H, which is what I would say. He said B-R-A-H. And it was like, what's up, brah? It's Linz. And Lindsay was like, texted me and was like, I would not say that. Abort the situation. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's that's a real life situation that happened. But that's a perfect example of why even if you're working by yourself or with a team, no matter what, this word bank of brand messaging yeah. really is such a great idea. So thank yeah. you for sharing that with our Absolutely. listeners. When we say bra, it's B-R-O-H. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, as we're kind of talking about launches and, and sales funnels a little bit, I want to I wanna get into that a little bit. Are there any specific yeah. strategies or or sciences, I don't know if that's sciences yeah. behind the words in the communication that we should be using for launches and sales funnels specifically. Oh my gosh, there's like so much. I, I this is I love talking about website messaging, but I love talking about launches. Um, if you don't have your your overall brand messaging, your website and your landing pages dialed in, the launch isn't going to go as well. So that's why I think like I like the foundation of how we like went through this and talked about it. Um, I think like my first thing to say about sales funnels, and I, I know that some people bristle at like thinking about, yeah, like thinking about that that hard pitch, that ask that you're asking people to pull out their credit card and book with you or work with you. Um, don't forget this. Like people, we do not have a buying problem in our society. Like we have credit card <laughs> issues. We have like budgeting problems. Like like people like to buy things, right? People like to buy things that they want and that they think are going to help them get closer to who they want to be. People don't like to be sold to. So as long as you're doing, and I know y'all talk about like content marketing a lot, as long as you're earning that trust and you're helping people understand um, that you like you are looking out for their best interest. If it's with you, great. If it's not, that's fine. Move along. Like that's very honest salesmanship. And I think that's one thing I love about the creative industry is I think the like bro marketing sleazy tactics, um, they fly over our heads. Like they just don't, I was talking to a friend about that the other week at a conference. Like it's just not super common in our industry, which I love. Um, but all that said, I know it is asking for the sale can feel weird. So that's one thing I want to just like remind everybody of once we, as now as we're getting started talking about sales funnels is that, um, just, yeah, like if you've earned their trust, they're not going to think you're coming across as, um, selling, hard selling Mm -hmm. to them. They're going to think you're looking out for their interest. And like I said, people like to buy. So if it's a fit for them, they'll feel okay with that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Frick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we freak out so much about like, if we have th- tools and cr- gifts and callings that can actually help people, like, why are we freaking out about mm-hmm. telling them about them? Um, like I, and here's one more, this is a new learning, but again, when I was at this conference, somebody said from this stage and this, they, they said whatever they said, right. It's my brain interprets it as this, that is stuck in my head. But he was like, there is somebody out there who is worse at the craft that you both do is worse than you are. It has less of a heart for your clients and customers than you do, but they're making more money and they're selling more and they're making more impact because they're noisier than you. That's all. They're asking more. They're asking, they're putting the offer out there more. And I heard that and I was like, like to use your word, Lindsay, I was shook. I was like, (laughs) yeah, like I, why am I letting, like, I care so like, and that's, again, I love this kind of audience because 
we're the type of people that cut us open and we bleed like love for our clients, right? Like we really mm-hmm. believe in what we do and we need to put that offer in front of them. A lot of the times we're just not making the offer enough. Um, and that's why I believe really strongly in sales funnels because it's just a psychological way of helping people understand um, and overcoming their objections so they can get what they're after in life. And it doesn't have to be sleazy, like you said. I think, especially yeah. as women, I think we're afraid of of seeming too salesy or too in your face. But yes. oh, that like I just like got chills when you said that example because it's like, yeah, there's somebody out there that's making more money mm-hmm. than you, that's swaying, d- taking your clients and yeah. not treating them as well as you could. Yes. And it's really believing in ourselves as as women or as as entrepreneurs and just being like, no, I have something valuable to offer, yes. and my offer is is literally going to make someone life better. And when you believe that at your core and have confidence in that, that's where it all comes from. And that's where that confidence comes from to boldly speak out and share that offer with them and and not be afraid of selling because you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to make their life and business or whatever better. That's so good. And if you need a kick in the pants to remind you, like anybody listening, that you are that good, like what you do, again, especially if you've had clients and customers, like you, you can look at those testimonials and like that can be your pump up, like walk up to the plate song, but like sit down and walk, walk through and write a hundred reasons why people will benefit from working with you in this capacity. A hundred, don't stop until you're done with a hundred. Like let that be a journal of prompt for you. Um, and go expand, like how can it help their, not only their business, their life, their marriage, their relationships, their family relationships, their friendships, their spiritual life, like get, get into like this, your offer dialed in and taken up to a 10, how can it actually impact somebody? And um, walking through that can be a really powerful exercise before you go to write some sales copy. Wow. Well, I also want to add to that. Once you actually then do start getting sales, what I do is whenever I have a student either write an amazing email to me, or I guess like I call it like my fan mail email inbox. But if you have a student that's reviewing you or not even a student, a client, a a customer, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking from an educator perspective, but if you have Mm -hmm. a client that's, that's raving about you, save it, screenshot it, or if it's an email, save it. And then whenever you're getting down on yourself, I always like to go to that inbox and see like my quote unquote fan mail, but like remind myself of my why. And when I see students being like this, like your course changed my life. That's like, Oh, okay. That's proof. Yeah, I love, I know because if we think about it, you we can each point to probably like five to ten things that moved the needle for us, whether it's our life or business. And like they, it's simple thing. It's like you said, it's a course. Like it's not always this like I don't know, super expensive like car or house. You know, like it's sometimes it's just our products and the services that we're interacting with on a day to day basis. And so I I love that example. Big believer in the sunshine folder method. I think it is. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that name. <laughs> I, I had an assistant that named that one time. I cannot, cannot claim that at all, but um, oh. super helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I call it my encouragement folder, but I might just have to mm-hmm. switch it to sunshine folder because that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are making me seem like a narcissistic, like <laughs> I call mine fan mail. Like who do I think I am? <laughs> oh girl, you, you get those fans. That's yeah. I think it's, I love that name too. <laughs> you I do you it. boo, Lindsay. Oh, you do oh, you. Oh man, Ashlyn, I love that. I I love the the mindset as people begin to get into sales and and products and and launches and just creating these things. I think there's such a stigma on sales specifically that For sure. it's slimy and it's negative and you're trying to con people into something, but 
getting that mindset in place before you even begin to work on your sales copy or those sales funnels or whatever, the mindset of first and foremost, what I do and what I'm creating is worthwhile. It's going to change people's lives. It's going to make their lives better. It's going to enhance um, their living situation, their relationships, their, their confidence, whatever that is. Yeah. And then from there, being able to confidently pers- put it into perspective of how can I convey that to them in a way that's showing them I care about them and this is why I've created this. Yeah. And having that mindset instead of, okay, let me con somebody into, which is just the stigma that we have in our heads. Yeah. Having that mindset of how can I convey how this is going to impact them and this is why I've created this, that is such a game changer when approaching sales and writing that copy. That's so good. And I think this is like, I mean, one like idea that recently I've realized, you know what? There's no reason not to. Um, like when I, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but I know I've felt like this for other people's products that I'm writing where I'm like, am I overselling in the copy? Like, did I make this sound like a little too good? Like change your whole life kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So if you ever feel like that, like I think the most, like the, the action that has like integrity, what I, what I'm trying to do now is, okay, well then what can I add inside of the product or the service that meets that need? Like that mm-hmm. answers that specifically, like, do I have something in my arsenal that I can add into this? So I am, you know, answering that part of the question or can I partner with somebody so they get that part of it too. Um, but that's again, like looking back at old direct response stuff, I realized like a lot of the like great late, great copywriters, you know, like they would write the product, the the sales copy, and then have the product. Like it was reversed. Like I, tip, I know, right? Like I, even in my own business, I have always created or built the product and then wrote the sales page copy. But I'm trying this experiment on the next thing that I have. It's actually due to my team at the end of this week. So here I am, like putting this out there that I'm going to do this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have to do it now. We'll hold right? you accountable, Ashlyn. I'll text you later. <laughs> okay, be my accountability buddy. I got yeah, you. I'm going like, to do this. I'm going to. I, I have like the products in my bill. I'm going to write that sales copy and then go in and add in anything that like just fleshes out and finishes up the offer. Um, yeah, because there's, I don't want any, like, we've mentioned icky and slimy a couple of times. You shouldn't feel like you're overselling in the copies and then just answer that in your product or service and bake those things in too. And I think that's such a great way to approach copy too, because it's putting it into the perspective of, okay, what need am I trying to meet with this product? Because that's literally what your copy is promoting is, hey, I see your pain point here. I see this struggle, this obstacle in your life, this issue that's just really irking you, and I'm going to solve that for you. And so if you're writing that copy, it's almost creating your blueprint for your product or your service that you can then mold around fitting and and meeting all of those pain points and and solving all of those problems that your audience or client is having. I love that perspective. I I love how you like said that exactly. You said it way more concise than I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. That was amazing. That's such a good perspective to just like shift your thinking and think, okay, this is why I'm creating this. And I love that. Yeah. Like so much you were asking about strategies, just so my, I just think people are overwhelmed to understand that 
it's it's the iceberg graphic. Like the majority of the work I do, I'm just researching. I'm just reading. I'm researching. I'm taking notes. I'm listening. And then comes the writing. And then, like I said, then 50% of the writing is like those headlines and subheads. But like at that point, I've got all this research and this body of language, um, both from my swipe files, like my my copy bank, but also that voice of customer data and those clients that I've been listening to. And then my copy just becomes me piecing that together in a way that's persuasive for the entire funnel. So um, there's just so, it is so much more research driven um, than I think anyone, at least before you do it. I, I didn't even know that. And I, I had a marketing background, but the more I studied sales copy, I was like, well, this is more me reading than anything. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Okay, Ashlyn, so switching gears a little bit, I want to ask you about templates because I know there's a concept, especially with copywriting, that I think templates are an out or like a cop-out a little bit. And they're very impersonal if you're consistently relying on, I'm I'm thinking obviously like email templates, but how, what's your opinion on them and how do you think they can actually offer a greater care for your clients versus not having them? So good. Okay, I love the way you phrased that because that, Um, when I, like my first introduction to templates was again, I was doing Delta Airlines customer. It was like, uh, the medallion members. So these people like lived on airplanes, like sky miles through the roof. And we would do these really high end fancy schmancy customer events at like Tiffany and company in New York and like restaurant buyouts. We, it was all template driven. And I, that was the first time I was like, wow, this is super high touch, super high end luxury marketing, but at the same time, it is coupled with templates. And so that was when this light bulb went off, like, okay, if if that's going on there, then why can't I, in my own little wedding practice business, start using templates wiser there? And I have just, I mean, we use templates like crazy in both the client and customer communication side of my business um, and just throughout the whole thing, obviously with copywriting as well, like entire pages of websites. Um, I just don't believe in starting with an empty cursor. Um, That is I don't know. It just, it helps us. You have an opportunity to step out of yourself for a minute and include everything that you were thinking of along the way. Um, and not, not have a moment of, you know, having to go back to the customer and include certain things. You can also, what I like to do in my templates. So for example, like an inquiry response template, I have little, we have like little reminders in there, like right here, state the customer's problem back to them. Like they've come out in this inquiry form and said like, oh my gosh, I cannot find somebody that's blah, 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 blah. So I need to state right back to them. Oh my gosh, I can totally understand how uncomfortable it is to X, Y, Z. And that's in the template, right? So that's embedded. So Little things like that, little sales, you know, hooks that you can include as you walk people through your customer journey, you get to include when you're using templates well. Um, Just a big believer in them. Like I said, customer service all the way through the entire pages of your website. I'm a believer. I think it's also important to think about it saves you time, which is actually serving the client better. And I think people forget that when you're using a template, you can tweak them. (laughs) You can tweak it, obviously, like per client. Like when I use my inquiry response templates, I have little red, like bolded areas. So I have to, I have to change it. Um, And it it makes me put the client's name in there. It makes me put very specific things that they said to me. That way it's, it's clear that it is, it is a template, but it doesn't sound like a template. It's still custom to every single client and it doesn't take that long to input that personal information. So good. Yeah. I think that no matter if you, no matter what you're using a template for, you shouldn't be able to tell it's a template, you know, like you should, you can probably, again, like those of us who are on the insides of business, we know like what is probably and what isn't, but it should be, you know, undiscernible to that, to that client. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just all circles back to, you know, knowing exactly who you are and exactly who you're serving and, and being, having that deconstructed, you know, down to the studs of who am I and what am I offering? What needs can I meet? And creating this personalized, very branded, your brand voice, exactly how you would speak template that honestly, before I was doing templates, I was writing everything the same thing yeah, over and over and over and over, which was just so stupid. But yeah. it's, it's exactly what I would say if I wrote that email from scratch. And that's when I know a template is good for me and my business and my workflow is when that's exactly if I wiped the whole page and started from scratch it would be, it's just a way more polished, perfected, exactly what I want to say in the right order, very yeah. strategic. But otherwise, like w- the heart behind the message, all the information, you know, my excitement, everything is what I would say if I started with a blank page, but I yeah. don't have to. <laughs> so that, yeah, it's you, your best, it's you, you're putting your best foot forward in that mm-hmm. template. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I think the stigma behind templates needs to just go bye-bye. So I, <laughs> I think sticks because people see like template packs out there and then they buy them and then they're using them. And so like, and this could happen. I had a student one time that she said um, she'd purchased a, a template pack from somewhere and like used the response. And the client said back like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I got this same response from another photographer that I reached out to. Oh my gosh. So Ooh. like, I think that's the problem with templates and why they still have a little bit of a stigma. Like you're supposed to change the template. Like yeah. you just look at it and like, how can you say this? Like that's, I think a lot of my templates, um, like the ones we sell in my shops, I can imagine I probably should put something that like gives my philosophy on them, but it's a lot of like bracketed, like here, put X, Y, Z here, put, you know, like one thing that you want to say, you know, it's very, cause you need to say it in your own special way. Otherwise we are going to continue to have those moments in the industry where people, um, yeah, where people get duplicate product. Mm-hmm. Which so is true. my absolute worst nightmare in the entire world. Hearing a, a student or anyone say that that's happened to them makes me just cringe inside. I know. I <laughs> yeah. know. It's just, yeah, that's that's a fixable problem. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashlyn, you've mentioned a little bit throughout this episode, like your shop or your students and your course. Do you have anywhere, like just, you've dropped so much knowledge on us and yeah. you are amazing and so, so wise and talented, especially just with copywriting. You're a wizard. Um, is there anywhere that you have any resources or anywhere that people can follow up with education or just copywriting woes? <laughs> yes. Okay, great. And I, I, we have a lot of content out there because I used freebies so much when I was getting started. So hopefully we have a lot of tools out there. I think based off what we've talked about, like filling up that coffee bank with words and phrases that sound like you um, could be a great place to start for a lot of people. Um, I have a quiz. It's ashlynwrites.com slash quiz um, to find your brand voice personality. And there's four um, like archetypes. And then when you land on one of those pages, it's going to give you um, some words that you can go ahead and fill your copy bank with. So that could be a great place to go ahead and get started. Oh, that's perfect. Yay. I love that. Ashlyn, thank you so much for being on the show today and dropping so much knowledge. I am obsessed. Well, thank y'all so much. Like this, I I told you I have really weird feelings about copy and I love it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for the time that I got to be on here today. You are amazing. Guys, seriously, if you're listening to today's episode, go 
just check out the everything Ashlyn has. Um, AshlynWrites.com. Is that right, girl? That's it. Okay. Go check her out. Go. She has so many resources for you guys to just knock down those fears, those hesitations, those issues that you're having with writing your copy. This girl is a wizard and she has released so much information that you guys can benefit off of. So take advantage of it. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Love you, girl. Bye.